Brother Joe, would you come and minister the word of the Lord? Let's welcome the man of God as the voice of God today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I love what I feel here today. God is so good. What an awesome God. Amen. Let's lift our hands to him. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for your mercy in this place, God. We love you, Jesus. We've got so much to be thankful for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing your move. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do. You believe that? I've seen you move. Hallelujah. You move the mountain, and I believe. I'll see you do it again. You made a way. Oh, thank you, Lord. Where there was no way. And I believe. Hallelujah. I'll see you do it. I've seen you move. I've seen you move, Lord. You move the mountains. And I believe. I'll see you do it again. You made a way. Hallelujah. Where there time come on let's sing it i've seen you move jesus you move the mountains and i believe lord i'll see you do it again you made a way hallelujah where there was no way and i believe jesus i'll see you do it oh praise god he's so good I'll see you do it again. We'll see you do it today, Lord. Hallelujah. Ah, I love this worship team. And I love this church. Luke chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, uh, appreciate the anointing on this platform. Of course, there's talent, but I'm so thankful for anointing that leads us into the presence of the Lord. Wow, I just, I just feel my faith sky high right now god can do anything amen the anointing that destroys yokes of bondages right here luke chapter 6 and verse 6 and it came to pass also on another sabbath that jesus entered into the synagogue and taught and there was a man whose right hand was withered and the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. What a pitiful way to come to church. Just looking to find fault, looking to accuse. But he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. What an invitation. And he arose and stood forth. And Jesus said unto him, I will, unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to 
destroy it. And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, stretch forth your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. In the midst of a miracle, there were people who were filled with rage. How awful. But somebody's chosen for a miracle. Amen. How about you? Amen. How about me today, Lord? Don't pass me by. Have your way, Lord, in this service. God, I pray that you would touch every individual. Thank you, God, for every every individual in this place, God. I know, Lord, there's no accident. There's no coincidence with you. You know all things, God. You see our needs, Lord. You see the questions, as Pastor said, that have gone unanswered, Lord, but you are the answer. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would move mightily in this place. We give you free reign. God, do what you want to do. We come, Lord, with just simple surrender and expectation for the miracle worker to do what he does. Have your way in the name of Jesus. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can be seated. Chosen for a miracle. Amen. He was a crippled yet a faithful worshiper. And here's a man who not only looked less than, but he felt that way too. He probably didn't realize something life-changing was going to take place as he faithfully attended yet another worship service, and he was tired in his body, no doubt tired in his mind at constant critics, even his own self who, who compared himself with other people. No doubt he, he was tired of the constant uh, criticism coming from his own mind, from his own self. He lived with a label. He was, he was measured. He was measured. People would, maybe they wouldn't say it to him, but they certainly thought it when they saw him. Poor guy. He lived inside the confines of measurements, people always sizing him up, not good enough, not strong enough, not godly enough, not talented enough, constant comparison. And he was chosen for a miracle. Amen. August the 31st of 2015, I felt like the Lord wanted to stretch me beyond way, way beyond my current capacity, and I wrestled for months up until this day when I finally quit my job and, and started to do what I'm, what I'm doing now. It's been over seven, a little bit over seven years, but I felt the Lord calling me. I lived in Austin, Texas. I worked a, a nice job. I loved the job, loved the people I worked with, and the money, everything was great. Everything was comfortable, too comfortable, and so that year, the Lord really began dealing with me. Now is the time. The harvest is great. The laborers are few. Will you go? And so one of the first tests, the challenge uh, that I faced was, Lord, well, how am I going to make money? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's uh, cute. Actually, it's kind of pitiful, the things that, that stop us short from giving God 
what he's asking for. You ever seen that meme with the child that's got the, the, the tiny teddy bear? You know, they have it in their hands, and, and Jesus has knelt down in front of the child saying, just trust me, give it to me, you know, and he's got a big old huge teddy bear behind his back. The child can't see it. And oftentimes the Lord, he, he has something behind his back. He's not showing you. You want the plan first and how it's going to work out. But God said, just trust me. And it was the biggest uh, hurdle in front of me because when I quit my job, I don't have any income, have no promise of any income, and I don't know anybody. I'm just, you know, I know a couple of pastors in Texas where I'm from, but I'm certainly not going to pick up the phone and, and, and call them and say, hey, can I come preach? <laughs> you know, it just doesn't, doesn't work that way, God. So if it's going to happen, it's got to be you. And, uh, but eventually I couldn't run from it. And the Lord spoke to me on a Friday night, and he said, if you, can make, if you can make money on your own, then you don't need me. And uh, I, was, I was alone in my apartment, just, just praying, and I, and I felt like that was the dagger. And so I went and put in my two-week notice, and I hit the road. Didn't have a promise of anything. And the first place I went to was a, was a church in Missouri, and I was going to preach a, a youth service. A friend of mine had connected me with that pastor, and I was going to just uh, talk to the youth that night. Sitting down to lunch that day with the pastor, and you know, there were a couple other ministers at the table, and he was telling us a story that he, he had recently preached a message called Blessed to, Be, to, Blessed to Be a Blessing. That was his message, and, and he had $1,000 in his pocket and $100 bills, and he, he took it out of his pocket. He said, who wants $100? And, and so a bunch of people ran up there. He lined 10 people across the front, gave them each $100. And he, he preached some more. And then he challenged those people. He said, now will you take what's been freely given to you and give it away to somebody in need? They kind of let the wind out of their sails, you know. <laughs> and he said, well, you, you know, you didn't, you, you didn't know it was coming. It, it had nothing to do with you. You really don't need it anyway. There's somebody out there beyond these church walls that, that needs it worse than you do. Can you find somebody to give it away? You were blessed, not, not to hoard the blessing, but to be a blessing. And then he challenged his church for the next 90 days. Whatever comes to you that you didn't earn, that you didn't work for, give it away. And some, most of the church, I assume, took the challenge. But as he was, and he was talking about money, yes, that's a big thing with, uh, with our culture, <laughs> our comfortable lifestyles. He was certainly talking about money, but not just money. Prayer, encouraging words of faith. If somebody blesses you with an encouraging word, how dare you let that stop with you? You weren't blessed to hoard it to yourself. You were blessed to be a blessing to others. Freely you have been Freely you've received, now freely give. And so as the pastor was telling this story, the Lord was on me to take this challenge. This was the first place I went. I just quit my job. No promise of a paycheck. And of course, I'm arguing with the Lord in my mind. Has anybody ever argued with God before? <laughs> and you lost too, right? He's never lost a battle, and he never will. 
But uh, some of us are stubborn, and, and it's kind of a, 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 kind of a checkmate deal. We're, we're just kind of holding out as long as we can. But God's not going to lose, so you might as well surrender. And I'm thinking, God, this is the worst time. In fact, I'm a couple thousand dollars in debt because I had a, a piece of junk car that I took to the dealership, and I paid them $2,000 to take it. And so I'm, <laughs> so I'm $2,000 in debt, no promise of a paycheck. And the Lord says, you know, if you're going to tell other people to trust me, you need to trust me with the thing that hurts the most. So I couldn't run from it. Where am I going to go? Okay, God, I don't even have a car. I can't run from this. So I'd like to tell you I was a great man of faith, but uh, almost reluctantly I accepted the challenge. And, of course, no sooner than I accept the challenge, you know, nobody knows me. I don't know anybody. People are nice. They want to know your story, where you come from. Oh, great, brother. Oh, wow, you, you quit your job. You feel like God wants you to this. That's amazing. You know what? I feel like the Lord wants me to give you this. Cash, check, and I'm thinking, great. I can't tell them this, but I got to give it away. I didn't work for this. I didn't earn it. So I'm making notes in my phone about, you know, this came in, that came in. And the Holy Ghost checked me one day, and God said, what, what are you keeping notes for? See, God wants to hem us in. We got deception. We got, we got some things in our hearts we don't even know. God said, you want to you know how much came through your hand as if it was yours that you gave away. Okay, God. And at every turn, he's boxing me in. He's hemming me up. So throw away the note. I don't know how much money came and went, but I do know after 90 days, I look back, and God had me somewhere at some church, well, maybe a week or two off for Christmas, but he supplied every single need so much in, in, in such a great way that I thought, well, I need to take this challenge again because you cannot outgive him. You can't, out, you can't outgive him. It, it, it's a game with God, and you're going to lose every time. He said, try me, test me, see if I won't open the windows of heaven. Amen. I, I, I just want to challenge somebody today that God wants us, he wants to stretch us beyond our capacity. Amen. I'm not telling you this for any other reason but then to stoke the flames of your faith today. Because as you can well see, this has nothing to do with us. And so at the end of each year, I try and take a couple weeks to pray fast toward the next year. Lord, do you still want me to do what I'm doing? And I was driving down the road. I've only been married not even two years yet. So this was 2018. Wasn't married yet. And I, I spoke out loud in prayer. I said, I need to take that 90-day challenge again. And as soon as I spoke it, I felt God speak to me and said, is that it? Just 90 days? Have I not proven myself to you? Anybody can hold their breath for 90 days. Anybody can, you know, work it out, figure it out. Have I not proven myself? Can you give me a year? And uh, honestly, at that point, I was just thankful that the Lord was speaking to me. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I can do all things uh, if you'll help me with your strength. And uh, so the Lord helped me that entire year, 2019. And coming up two weeks left in 2019, 
And uh, I felt a release as I was praying and fasting again toward the next year for this challenge. I felt the Lord release me from the challenge. So going into 2020, I didn't carry that challenge. And of course, we know what happened in 20. Does anybody remember what happened in 2020? <laughs> uh, some of you have forgotten it. Let's put it out of our mind. 2020 was a great year for me. I got married. Praise the Lord. Amen. But of course, 2020 comes in March. You know, the whole world shuts down. And um, of course, just three days earlier, I had just paid the IRS a lump sum in taxes. And I had a check that weekend bounce in my, uh, in my checking account. So I am $3,600 in debt. And March 15th hits. And the next two pastors where I'm supposed to be call me and tell me we have to shut down. So here I am. feel like I'm almost back at square one. Love to tell you again, I'm a great man of faith. God's going to work a miracle. I wasn't acting like that. I was driving down the road and really, I wasn't even really praying. I was more just talking to myself, maybe just complaining, thinking, what in the world am I going to do? There's, I got to get a job. I'm, I, can't, I can't rely on the church. The people of God are lo- going to lose their job. How am I going to rely on the church? I, I need to get a job. So I'm putting my resume together. In the middle of doing that, I'm thinking, well, who's going to hire me anyway with COVID-19? <laughs> so... I'm just driving down the road, just, you know, kind of complaining, I guess, freaking out. And the Lord, I just felt him whisper to me, will will you just be quiet? Will you just be quiet? (laughs) So I guess I had complained long enough. So I shut my mouth. I turned on some worship music, some preaching. And I'm driving down the road 20 minutes, 30 minutes later. I get a text from a childhood friend. And in fact, it was the family that won us to the Lord. And she said, she said, my husband and I have been praying for you for several weeks and feel like the Lord wants uh, us to give you an offering. Do you have a PayPal? And so I sent her the information, and honestly, I was going to be happy. About $50, $100, I was going to be grateful. And the notification comes across my phone, PayPal notification, $4,000. $3,600 in debt. And God said, here's a little extra on the top. Would you just be quiet? I never told you to move. I never told you to do something different. I never told you, oh, oh God, now all of a sudden I got to figure this out by myself. No, if I've called you to it, I'm going to see you through it. And I, I want, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this so that you can trust God. You can believe God. You, that faith that he's put inside of you, he's been speaking to you. And, you, and you're, you're fearful. You're nervous. You're anxious. You don't really want to move and take that step of faith. But I promise you, in order for God to have control in our lives, we've got to give it up. We, 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 we both can't have control. And never do we feel more out of control in our lives than when we don't have our hands on the wheel. But never is God more in control than when we just let go and say, God, whatever you have, I'm just in this for you, God. I'm walking with you. I'm going to obey your voice. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost wants to challenge us, to stretch us today. He he wants to show us. uh, He wants to move in immeasurable ways, impossible ways, extraordinary ways. 
Amen. They sang it today in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. I'm talking about a God who wants to exceed our limited mind, our imagination, what we could possibly think or ask. He desires to stretch us beyond our current limitations. Uh, I feel the call of God to stretch us further, amen, everybody in this place to take us to the next level. And there's a supernatural invitation uh, by the Holy Ghost today to stand forth and to stretch forth, amen. It's, a, it's an entry, it's an access point, it's a door that, that when God opens, no man can shut, and he's calling to everybody in this place, uh, I've got you, uh, just trust my word, just stretch forth your hand, uh, just submit to my voice, uh, come on, some Somebody, our spiritual maturity depends on it. Uh, I want to grow in God. Uh, I want to go further than I could ever imagine. Hallelujah. Oh, I know you feel what I'm feeling right now. Can we lift up our hands and say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, God. I desire to be stretched today. Have your way in our lives, God. Thank you for this wonderful church. You, you're taking us somewhere, God. I don't believe it's the will of God for only one person in a crowd to receive what they need. I don't believe that's the will of God for a moment, to, but it's never God's fault. It's always the critic's fault. Those who criticize the word of God, or in other words, could I say it, those who criticize the movement of God. The word of God always equals the movement of God. You ever notice how not much, not much happens sometimes just simply in being in the presence of God alone? Have you ever noticed that? Uh, the presence of God could be all around you. People could be flipping out and running the aisles and hanging on these light fixtures and all that stuff, and you might not feel a thing. You're thinking, what is all this about? I don't feel nothing. But you know what? His presence is awesome, but his presence is not enough because he's only willing to meet you as far as you're willing to go. As much as we're willing to submit to him, that's where God will meet us. God can't meet us where we pretend to be. He can only meet us where we are. And the word of God will challenge everybody to go further. But if his word isn't enough for us, then we, we're not going to submit to it. And so enough times of, of not submitting to his word when he's calling us to go deeper and when he's calling us beyond. And it leaves us sometimes in a place feeling trapped in apathy or confusion or trapped inside of ourself. And we don't know how to get out of it. Trapped in a rut. There's, I talked about the rich young ruler the other night and, and how he came to Jesus and, and, and he was in the very presence of God. But the presence of God just was not enough for this man. And the Bible said he walked away sad. You know, we, we've been blessed to show up to the house of God where we feel his presence, but it's not enough to feel his presence. There has to be submission to his word and the word of God is challenging everybody to stretch your faith. He challenged the young man with his word, but because the rich young ruler chose flattery over honesty, and he did. He knew, he knew how to butter Jesus up. It works for everybody else, right? I know how to fake humans out. I can fake him out too. Good master, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? Let me, let me butter you up first, right? I know how to play the game. 
But Jesus sees right through fluff, and he just challenges him. Yeah, you've kept my commandments, but I'm about to push you further. And because this, this man chose that, I, I don't want to really just sell out and give all. Jesus could only meet him where he was currently. Amen. Because he mirrors every move that we make. Jesus is here to stretch somebody. It's interesting in Matthew chapter 8, verse, uh, verse 5 through 13. I don't have time to read it. But a centurion comes to Jesus and he says, I got a servant who's at home who's sick. He desperately needs a touch from you. And you know what Jesus says? I'll come heal him. Now, how many modern-day Christians would sign up for that? Okay, God, that's what. You know what? I've been waiting on you to say those words. But you know what that man said? He said, no, 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 I'm not worthy that you even come under my roof. He said, just speak the word only. And Jesus, I mean, he can't help himself. He turns to the crowd. I mean, this man says, speak the word only. And before he even answers this man, he turns to the crowd. And, and he's, he's shocked. He's surprised by this man's faith, who's not even in the family of God. He's outside. He's just a streetwalker. Doesn't know God, but he knows God's words enough. He said, look, I'm a man under authority, and I recognize you have authority. I recognize the words you say and the things you do. You're not just like any old, old ordinary man. You're not just a good man, not just a good prophet. There's something more. I recognize authority when I see it, and I'm a man submitted to authority, and I have people under me, and I tell them, go and do this, and they do that. He said, I recognize something about you. Jesus turns to the crowd and he says, you know what? Many will come from east and west, the children of the kingdom. They're going to be cast out while others sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they feast on the goodness of God. But, but the children of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. You know, it upsets Jesus when somebody on the street can take him at his word, but his own children won't believe it. And sometimes we, we, we know the church thing. I mean, I, I get he's talking about the children, his, uh, his people, the Jewish people. But hear me, it's the same thing. We can come to church because we know how to play the church game and we know the church culture and we know what to expect on a Sunday morning and exactly when we'll get out. And we can do the same thing and not take God at his word and leave here unchanged. Or we, we're like, God, you know what? I need the show. I need... Uh, the drama. I need you. Yeah, come on to my house. That's what I've been expecting. This man said, I don't need you to give me goosebumps. I don't need to see you walk in my servant's room, lay your hand on his head, give him the claw, raise. I don't need all of that theatrical stuff. Your word is enough. And when God said, see, somebody said, your word's enough, oh, God can't help himself. As you have believed, go ahead. And this man, when he said, your word is enough, I know you got Bible scholars in here. I loved the lesson today from Brother Reese. It was, it was incredible. I felt the Holy Ghost was crying. I went into the office because I just wanted to pray a little bit, but I, I still was tuning in to Brother Reese. I couldn't concentrate on anything. I was hearing everything he was saying. But when, when this man said, speak the word only, now, I know you know 
that there are two words for word, and one is logos and one is rhema, and logos means the overall overarching, in, in vanilla terms, the plan of God, the word, and then rhema means a specific contextual word, and we love rhema word. Oh, God, give me a word. We love for God, if pastor would just come lay his hand on my head and whisper in my ear and tell me, God. Oh, we love that. That man didn't say, give me a rhema word. He said, speak the Logos only. <laughs> speak what you spoke from the beginning. That'll do. I don't need an extra biblical or specific context. You know what? Just who you are, what you are. You're not just speaking the word. I know you are the word. Just speak the word and that'll do. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. This man had a revelation. God, whatever you say, I will submit to it. You have authority over the wind and the waves and the sickness. Everything has to bow to your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, when God uh, finds somebody submitted to his word, oh, he's giddy with excitement. Uh, amen. In the very beginning, the presence of God showed up in the beginning. The Lord, uh, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. You know why? Because God's attracted to ugly. Aren't you thankful? <laughs> I am too. He's attracted to ugly. That's an ugly place. But notice nothing happened until what? And God said. Oh. Now, when God spoke to the earth, I don't know that the earth had a choice. It just had to respond. But you and I, we have a choice to make today. Oh, and I want a, I want a yes response to God's word. His presence is only half of who he is, but his word, my God, if we submit to his word, his presence invites us, welcomes us, and woos us, but his word instructs us and directs us and reveals to us. What could be more glorious than receiving an invitation from the king of kings? I'll tell you what's more glorious than that is when you accept his invitation. Ah. Woo. Glory to God. Yeah, President Biden called me the other day. Oh, wow, that's amazing. What'd you guys talk about? Well, I, you know, I just let it go to voicemail. Okay, great. Great story. Who cares the president called you? What's greater is that you answered the call. Many are called, few are chosen. What separates the called and the chosen? Those who choose to obey his word. And I believe God is wanting to move everybody to the next level. Amen. I believe absolutely everything that's needed for the miraculous is right here in this place. Healing for your heart, healing for your mind, healing for your body, direction for your soul, salvation. It's right here. Everything that's needed is right here in this room. I'm not simply talking about a God who's unlimited in resource and power. We know he's here. I'm not simply talking about the faith it requires that us to believe he can do anything because that faith is in this room. I'm not simply talking about those things, but everything needed for the miraculous is in this room. I'm also talking about the fact that there are limitations in this room. There are impossibilities in this room. I know better than anybody. Uh, there's a sickness in this room that no doctor could diagnose. 
that no medication can take care of. There's a sin that no amount of good deeds done, Brother Reese, can outweigh. There are questions that go unanswered. There are problems we don't have solutions for. There are debts that are too costly to pay. There are hearts that seem to be broken beyond remedy. And if there's ever a time to give God praise, we should give God praise for our problems. Because it's a necessary ingredient for the miraculous. Instead of complaining about our problems, we could turn around and just begin to change our perspective a little bit and understand it's the very thing that attracts God. It's what's needed for a miracle. If not for the blessings of being broken, we would not have the opportunity to struggle with our unbelief sometimes. We would not have the opportunity to struggle and say, God, where's my faith? I'm low on faith. And therefore, we would not have the opportunity to be wowed by God. He desires to shock somebody today. He desires to amaze somebody today. But we can't allow our brokenness to dictate our faith. We've got our faith dictate our brokenness. We've got to bring all of our issues, all of our problems to his feet. I'm just going to be elementary here today, but you know shock and surprise and wonder and awe. You know how those feelings come to us, to be shocked? It's because we find it extremely difficult, if not impossible, to believe what we just witnessed. That's how we get shocked. And can I tell you, there's absolutely zero way that a critic can be shocked by God. There's no way a critic can be wowed or amazed by God. Why? Because critics are perfect. And if you're perfect, but God's looking for somebody who's broken. God's looking for somebody who knows I don't have it all together. God, I need you in this area of my life. I'm really struggling, Lord. And, Lord, I come to this place because I know, I know in whom I have believed. I know that you're able, God. And I don't come putting any limitations, any stipulations on you, God. I just come with arms open wide saying, Lord, I'm ready for you to do whatever you want to do in my life. I surrender. It wasn't just any hand, but Luke pointed out it was this man's right hand. Even his strengths were considered weaknesses. Even the very best he could give wasn't enough. It would never be enough. He would always be defined and measured and limited. Some of you haven't allowed yourself to truly let those emotions out in the presence of the Lord and the presence of brothers and sisters who love and care. You put on the plastic smile, but haven't been vulnerable because, you know, nobody wants to hear. And not knowing what to do, where to go, or how to get out, how to respond. It's left you dazed and confused, and you're just kind of walking around numb. But there's a supernatural depth in this place, and God has given us an invitation. You might feel trapped inside a world of measurements, but you're not alone, and I come for you today. You may not be able to get away from measuring yourself, 
And, and some of you, you feel as if you've been mockingly measured by your losses instead of your gains. Oh, it's easy to point all the failures in your life, uh, but it's hard for you to see your growth. Uh, I encourage somebody in the Lord uh, to stop measuring yourself by your moments of weakness instead of strength. Uh, stop looking at what you can't do and look what God has done for you. Uh, stop measuring your defeats instead of your victories. Uh, come on, your present potential by your past performance. Uh, some of you felt like a fool for even trying. You just want to serve God, but you can't stop taking a measuring tape to your life. I can't do that. I've got a withered hand. I can't do that. I got somebody in my past who's hurt me. I can't forgive. I've got a withered hand. Can I tell you, you're in perfect position for a miracle. What is your response to the invitation of God because he's chosen you today for a miracle. And I feel like the Holy Ghost is here saying, stretch forth your hand. What an invitation to stand up, to rise up above the crowd. He's not calling you out to shame you. He's calling you out to help you. But it's going to require you to get uncomfortable. It's going to require you to say, you know what, maybe all eyes are on me, but I don't really care who's not participating in what God's doing. I'm going to be a participant. What an invitation from God that says, stand up and stand forth in the midst. I've chosen you for a miracle. He said, I'm the eternal one. I'm the self-existent one. I never had a beginning. I'll never have an ending. Define that one. Uh, we think of eternity, and some, somehow it's, it's, it's a little bit possible for us to understand that there's never going to be an end. But we can't understand how God never had a beginning. God said, define that one. He said, I'm the unlimited one. I'm omnipotent. I'm all-powerful. I lack absolutely nothing because I am absolute. Your feeble mind can't understand that I'm everywhere at all times, in all times, at every time. But I'm here for you, and I'm offering a challenge. Stretch forth your hand. Hallelujah. Oh, the unlimited one is right here. What do you need from God? I wonder if you could stretch forth your hand. I wonder if you could lift both hands and say, God, why just one? I'm going to stretch them both. Hallelujah. Stretch forth your hand. The miracle worker's in the room. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. I'm talking about the kind of revival that God has for you personally is one of transformation where you don't look the same. You don't talk the same. You don't act the same. I'm not just talking about an overall general revival for Brookfield. We know that's coming. We know that's here. But I'm talking about for you personally. Stretch forth your hand. Hallelujah. What God wants to do with you, he wants to blow the roof off of your limitations. Hallelujah. It can't be contained or confined what God wants to do. He wants to wow you. Can I tell you, when God breaks the rules, bushes burn, but they're not consumed. When God breaks the rules, water turns into walkways. When God breaks the rules, uh, the rules dry bones live again. My God, they become armies. When God breaks the wolves, shouts bring down walls. Shepherd boys kill giants. I'm talking about when God is in the midst. When there's a God call, when there's a God factor, hallelujah, Lord, there's unreserved surrender in this place right now, and we release you to do what you want to do. Come on, somebody believe God again. Somebody believe and trust God again. Hallelujah. I find it interesting that Jesus 
challenged him, stretch forth your hand. And he did not define this man the way this man defined himself and the way everybody saw this man. Jesus didn't tell him which hand to stretch forth. He just said, stretch forth your hand. And he's offering you an invitation. Are you going to be fake or are you going to be real? Are you going to play games or are you going to be vulnerable? Because I don't know about you, but I've been there before where God tells me to stretch forth my hand, and what do I do? Sure, God. And I give him my left. God said, no, 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 I don't want the stuff I know I already have. That's not the hand I'm talking about. Now, we get to decide we're going to be real with God and give him everything that we are and everything we're not. He's telling this man to do something that's physically impossible. And we always limit, we're measured. Oh, I can't do that. God said, give me that. Now, I had not done deep research in this, but when I just look at the miracles that Jesus performed, I mean, he did some amazing things. He told Peter to step out of the bow of that boat. Peter's about to walk on water. If that's you, Lord, tell me to come. He says, all right, come on. <laughs> well, I didn't, I don't know. Uh, okay, <laughs> I don't know if I meant it like that, <laughs> but... But Peter, he can take that first step. It's possible. I don't know, you know, the, how paralyzed some of the people were. Maybe they were completely paralyzed that Jesus told, get up, take up your bed, walk. But maybe, maybe they could move their pinky finger. And if they could, they could at least start the process when he told them to move. But when Jesus told this man, stretch forth your hand i i can't i can't do that yeah and that's why i'm telling you to do it because you don't have the power to do it i feel the holy ghost i feel the word of god speaking to all of us right now give me not only everything that you have i want everything you don't have too my God, put it on the altar that I, I don't know that I can forgive that person. Put it on the altar. Give it to me because uh, I want to do something with it. My Lord, I'm, I'm not just talking about physical healing. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I feel like it's much, much deeper than that, that the Lord uh, is challenging everyone. Uh, come on, stretch forth your faith right now. Give me what you feel like you don't have and what you can't give. Be vulnerable with me. Allow me. My word's going to take you through. It's going to bridge the gap between possible and impossible. Stretch forth your hand. Let down those walls. Give me your insecurities, my Lord. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me right now? Hallelujah. The supernatural's in this room. Oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many want God to move in your life? How many want God to take you to a place you never dreamed, you never imagined? How many want a closer, deeper relationship with God? How many want to walk with God? Come on, is there somebody in this place with eyes closed and hands lifted? Hallelujah. Oh, every one of us has a need. Every one of us got limitations. None of us in this room can save ourselves. And the Lord is speaking to somebody's heart today. Can I tell you again, it's not the will of God that just one person responds, but he will find somebody. Let it be me, God. Let it be me. Is that your prayer? Come on, hands lifted, eyes closed. And I wonder, I wonder if you could just talk to the Lord right now. Come on, let him talk to your heart. He's been talking. He's offering a divine invitation. I've chosen you today. 
for the miraculous. Maybe with some of you, it has been an issue of finances and you can't really trust God to move beyond 10% or uh, you can't really trust God. You can't really trust what others might do with that money that you give to God. And God's saying, I want you to release it to me. Trust me with it. Quit worrying about what happens after you release it. Trust me with it. I'm the God of everything. Come on. Maybe it is finances with you. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but it's something for every one of us. Would you come? I invite you to come to this altar area. It's open today. Some of you, you need forgiveness of sins. I want you to lift up your hands and say, God, oh, I choose, Lord, to be chosen for the miraculous today. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for where I've been, God. Forgive me, Lord. I've not been on fire like I want to be. I've not been sensitive to your spirit like I want to be. Forgive me, Lord. Here I am in your presence. Oh, God, I'm stretching forth my hand right now. The Lord's about to confirm his word. There's about to be miracles in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen as a result of your belief and your faith in God. I, I trust you to be God in my life right now, Lord. Come on, as they begin to minister right now. Hallelujah. Do you need healing for your mind, your heart? What do you need? Oh, stretch, stretch, stretch. Some of you are stretching toward God. Hallelujah. Others of you are stretching toward others. Go ahead and stretch. Oh, yes, God, you're bridging the gap with mercy and grace in this place. You're here to heal, to deliver, to set free, and to save. My God, have your way, Holy Ghost, in this place. Let's pray. Come on, don't stop praying. There's breakthrough for you today. There's a release in the Holy Ghost today. You're going to leave here changed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, God.
You're the God of miracles. You're the God of miracles. 